Hello and welcome to this podcast. This is Trisha Carr. Before I present this episode, I just want to hold space with you all. In this week, we have just experienced yet another impossible to understand tragedy with the deaths of many children and other adults who care for children. And without going too far into it, I want to just hold space with you all, like I said. And what holding space is, is allowing your conscious awareness to gather together with that amazing magnetic field of the heart, which is the center for grieving, the center for healing as well. And so with you, I hold that space and I hold prayer. And I know that some people, sometimes you see on social media, especially people criticizing prayer in these kinds of times, but let me just help you to feel soothed in case you do see that, that prayer, thoughts, having a contemplative consideration of the suffering of others. On the energetic plane, it is healing. And it also, in a sociological sense, informs us how to take action to help us to work from an uplifted character and from an empowered space to help either ourselves or others. I will just seal this time right now with just the attitude of prayer and hope and healing. And so now I welcome you to this episode. Welcome to the Charmed Life Podcast. This podcast is all about magic, metaphysics, mysticism, and the unconditional love of the universe. And I am your host. My name is Trisha Carr. I'm very excited to present to you this episode because I have an amazing guest on who really delivers so much of that mind-blowing quantum content that many of you come to this podcast for. And as I lead you into this episode, this conversation with my guest, I want to invite you to please leave me a review. If you are so led, you can just leave some stars or you could write a little something. That helps to boost me in the light quotient of our, what we call algorithm, but also just in our energy and the way we connect with one another. Also, if you feel that someone else would enjoy this podcast, I would love it if you would just click the little three dots next to an episode or next to the actual whole podcast and you can grab a link or you can share it from your device, that would just make me so happy. But I am so happy that you are here at any rate. Thank you so very much for shining your light on our beautiful world. That needs to be said now as, as much as ever possibly, maybe more than ever. Thank you. Thank you for seeking light. And so now... Welcome to this conversation episode that I have with my guest, Eugenia Oganova. Eugenia is a business strategist, personal transformation expert, and quantum messaging energetics coach. She has over 20 years of experience. Eugenia specializes in helping spiritual coaches and healers create a consistent 10K month and sustainably scale past six figures without forcing themselves to work harder. Eugenia weaves masculine business strategy with feminine quantum energetics to customize a strategy with her client's unique soul design and mission. She's also not a typical business coach because she is clairvoyant, and she uses her extraordinary abilities to support her clients in addition to solid business strategies. 
Now, we do talk about business in this episode, and I think it is definitely information that regardless of what business you are in, what kind of work you're in, or if you do anything as a life effort or mission, you will benefit by this. But before we even get into that business strategy kind of speak, we talk all about those mind-blowing concepts about the universe. And I'm I'm just going to let you guys get into it. I had the most fun time and I'm actually I'm actually starting to possibly work with Eugenia. Oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. So I just let you know that so that you understand how highly I recommend this conversation with Eugenia Oganova. And I will chat with you on the other side. Eugenia, I am so excited to connect with you. You have such powerful, high vibrational energy, and I'm already just very inspired, even though we haven't gotten to chat that much or get to know one another. So welcome to the podcast. And if you would like to start by sharing, you know, whether it's your journey or the work that you're doing, just anywhere you'd like to start to get people into this magnificent starburst of a being that you are <laughs> amazing work oh, you do. well thank you so much for having me here and yeah i think i'll start by kind of explaining who i am so that people can understand why i'm saying or know what i know um <laughs> i was born clairvoyant which means that i could always see energy and clairsentience so i come connected multidimensionally, which made for a very unusual life because <laughs> i when i incarnated i did not uh forget like most people mm. forget and then they kind of remember later on in life as they go on a spiritual spiritual journey. I did not have that. I came in and I was conscious from the beginning. So I started working with clients when I was two years old. <laughs> By the time I was 14, I already had paid clients in a full practice. By the time I was 16, even more. By the time I was 20 something, I was I had a tour company taking people to spiritual sites and traveling the world. Um, by the time I was 25, I think I had a bestseller book published and now I have three of them and so on. So my journey has always been of service. It's kind of mm -hmm. like I came into this lifetime to serve. And um, if something I actually had to figure out how to fit me as a human being into my life because my life was so oriented on helping other people that that the discovery was more about what do I personally like? What is my preference? How do I fit into that? Do I like to teach here or here? Do it this way or that way? What kind of a people I like to work with or what kind of um, issues I like to um, touch on and so on. So my journey has always been service first and me second. And over the years, it actually equalized more, <laughs> which is probably <laughs> almost the opposite than most people's journeys. That's right. does sound like that. Wow. So I imagine was your family... Uh, your family must have been comfortable with it or even encouraging of your oh, gifts or having that work uh, out. <laughs> some people in my family thought that there was something wrong with me. Other people thought, no, she's making it up. She's just normal like everybody else. Others thought it was absolutely awesome. So I had every angle you can think of. <laughs> okay. Wow. That's really amazing. So you don't, you don't recall a time ever shutting it down or turning it off or forgetting like did you have any period of time where you were like you just didn't but that sounds like not because you started a career so early <laughs> um no i was always aware conscious and working with people but mm -hmm. the difference was is that when i was teenager for example i wanted to have more of my own life instead of just you know working yeah. with people uh when i was going to college i didn't really want to see clients so i mean i had periods when i 
try to kind of push that away, but mm -hmm. it still came to me because that's my sole work. Um, mm -hmm. I remember when I was in college, I would um, I had a part time job as a cashier in a store, and people would wait to be in my line to come to my register and the manager would come and say what is wrong here that every open register why do you have a huge line and it's like because they wanted to be in my line because they knew they could ask me a question i would have an answer and then i would be on my break outside having my juice and people would come in and stick like 20 dollar bills in my apron saying please please answer my question so it's like i couldn't get away from doing the work even when I kind of felt like I wanted a little space. <laughs> wow. But um, I just had to figure out how to fit it in in a way that felt good to me, in addition mm. to good to the people that I served. Wow. Yeah, that must have been quite a journey because also it feels good to do the work. Oh, you know what I mean? Like it's also personally satisfying, feels great. And so how did um, how did you go about kind of contextualizing it, getting spiritual education, because, you know, the world that we live in doesn't really help us to understand what it means to receive psychic information. You know, most people, typical people aren't accepting that. Did you have, were you reading a lot of books or were you somehow putting yourself or was it just coming directly from spirit? I'm just curious. Both. About that. It was coming directly from spirit. I also have energy guides, like non-physical beings that I mm -hmm. work with. I'm also connected to Solar Console, which is a group of conscious creator beings. Um, but besides that, of course, I was reading a lot and studying of everything you can think of from anatomy to quantum physics to um, mathematics and complex way to understand the universe to anything metaphysical and psychology and biology and so on. So I've studied tons, but <clears throat> most of that was not to gather information. It was to learn how to translate what I get into ways that people can understand. I'll give you an example. Let's say somebody would come to me and I would like, let's go back to like when I was 15 um, years old, I would look at the person and I would say like, okay, you have this green thing going on in your liver and there's this spot that's moving into over here. So we need to make sure that you go back to having your liver yellow and breathe deeper. And the person mm -hmm. goes like, oh, okay, I, I'm going to try to figure that out. And then I would give them suggestions how to do it. But what I've learned to say is what it actually meant, which is what I would get. I just didn't have the translation. And let's right. say the same thing now I would say as, okay, you are envious of this specific person. And that envy is creating compression in you, which then not allowing you to receive the thing that you're intending to create. So what you need is a better boundary and then go into self-love. So then you can release the other person and not be envious of them, but be inspired by them. Same wow. thing, but yeah. it's a very different translation. So all my learning and reading was more from the standpoint of learning how to do that yeah. <laughs> instead of like to understand or to get something. I, I was getting plenty. It's the like, how do I say it in a way that landed for that person? And then I've learned, of course, over the years to specifically speak to the language of each client so that mm -hmm. it's a little bit different. The same thing I could say to two different clients differently. Right, right. That's fascinating. You said you mentioned quantum physics. And, mm -hmm. and I also, so I wonder, do you get messages that are sort of future um, paced or I'm, you know, like prophetic? Is that, is that a part of it? Or is it more individuated to helping human beings? You know what I mean? Like, so do you, do you have a sense of the energy 
path that we are on or anything like that? Is that the kind of messaging you pay attention to or receive? Yeah. And first of all, I would say it's not like I get messages. It's yeah. more like I'm literally aware. So like you uh -huh. would go online and you would do some searching and then some sites will pop up and you will know what you're looking at. And then you kind of like have your own opinion about it and you like this mm -hmm. one more than that. And then you pull out from that and so on. So I do the same thing with universal intelligence. So it's mm -hmm. not like I get some downloads that does happen too, but most of my knowing is actually more direct interface with the universe. Um, and as far as um, like, if it's future paced, I see timelines, I see possibilities. So mm -hmm. what that means is like uh, when I talk to somebody and they say like, oh, I want to create this. First of all, I would see the past as it was in a way of creating this that they right mm -hmm. now not able to create maybe a relationship or a career or a new client if they are self-employed or whatever. Um, but then we will also look like, OK, what would be the best way to go about creating it? And mm -hmm universe like quantum field is 100% possible 100% of the time so everything is possible some are more likely some less likely but everything is possible so it's more about like okay you want to create let's say um a relationship now let's look at how can you go about it you can intent and do some daily practice you can work with the past issue of course to clean that up and then go i don't know online dating you can connect to the people you know and just let know that you know your friends that you're now looking for relationships and you're open and so on like there are many possibilities when the person envisions like oh okay so let's say I'll call my friends and I tell them as soon as they did that in their field I can see what would happen if they do that Right. And then let's say we say, OK, this is one version. Let's look another way. Uh, let's say you go on social media and you start like dating on social sites or something. OK, so let's say I'll go do that. And now they envision that for themselves. I don't need to know what they're thinking. I can just watch it in their field and I can see like, OK, that means this. And then we kind of like lay out the options. Some options are so much quicker, faster, easeful and in flow than other options even though there are millions of ways to do the same thing. So mm -hmm. then I would make a suggestion as to like, okay, if you go about it this way, you will probably get there faster, but maybe it's a little more challenging. If you go this way, maybe a little bit longer, but way more fun way to do it. If you go this way, it will be a really long detour before you get there. <laughs> so it's not to say like, I see the future because future is not written. So it's right. a kind of a mistranslation humans have when they think like, oh, this is how future will happen. There's mm -hmm. many futures. <laughs> they right. like ultimate possibilities. There's so many of every possible thing. So if we're very clear, what do we want to pick out of the quantum field? And how do we connect to that? What's in the way of connecting to that? Then we can become the thing that we just connected to. And then we manifest it in our life. So that is sort of future paced, but it's sure. in a linear time future. But I work with spherical yeah. time when it's all exists at once. And it's ex uh, right, of course, we're always creating our reality. And when it comes to um, the a lot of people creating it, though. So let's say, like you know, for example, we have some terrible crises as humankind, like climate change, the environment, and so there's we've got like momentum and it's difficult for one person to, well, I don't know, like, I guess there's a possibility the quantum field would say, of course, it's possible for one person to change everything. <laughs> you know, it's a possibility because everything's a possibility. So um, is that something you, you um, are looking into as well? Or do you kind of, that's, that's what I mean. Like, what about collective 
um, possible futures yeah, or possible timeline. Yeah, future is different than personal mm -hmm. future for sure. Yeah. Um, right. I have um, Transcension Gate is one of the groups where I do this type of work on a planetary morphogenic fields with a group mm -hmm. of people. So mm -hmm. it's possible oh, to affect for sure. But you need 22% of the collective morphogenic field to agree with the new direction. If yes. you have the 22%, then the field shifts. And now whatever that 22% held, like let's say a higher, like let's say everybody wants war, but 22% wants peace. Now, mm -hmm. if they can hold that at the same time, you can shift towards peace. But it's true that one person can just affect everything because of group consciousness. Mm -hmm. um, we're on a planet where people are not all the same in their developmental right. spiritual stages. A exactly. lot of the worlds that conscious like star seeds come from, they are kind of homogenous, where you would get like everybody about the same type of developmental stage. And then from there, they just naturally kind of, you know, all advance because they all one morphogenic field. But on Earth, everybody is different. And because of it, we have many, many morphogenic fields with many different objectives and directives and parameters and ideas and belief systems. So we can only change ourselves we cannot change someone else we can only change who we are because that's the domain we're in control of mm -hmm. so from that standpoint if you let's say want a more harmonious environment and let's say like smaller circle let's say your friends are not harmonious they bitch about life and they're kind of negative and you wish to be more positive and you're a positive person how come you're surrounded by not so positive people I would say in this situation would be because they feed off you and you're letting them for whatever reason. So that would be step one, recognize that. Step two would be how do you need to change you to not be surrounded by those people? Part of it could be internal. Part of it could be the action. If you do that, now you're vibrating in the different frequencies, so you change you. By doing that, you then attract to you people who vibrated that frequency. There are, let's say, other morphogenic fields of other communities that maybe are very friendly and high frequency type of people. And by being able to keep yourself at that frequency, you kind of shift there naturally mm -hmm. versus trying to change the group of people you're with you change you which then creates a different group of people around you and some people from your current group in you know, morphogenic field could follow you as well if they able to stretch but maybe they couldn't do it on their own and it's very exciting when when you see the people who do stretch because <laughs> you're of like wait course. Yeah. I completely changed, but they went ahead and decided to change as well. That's amazing. I love this conversation, though. I love that you mentioned in other, like on other planetary existences, other densities, then there's more of a homogenized uh, soul evolution. And so that's why they can ascend together. And, but here, we are a shit show, <laughs> aren't we? And, but it's actually, it can be helpful to recognize that. I think that can be. It can be a bit of a comfort to me. Sometimes that's a comfort to be like, wait a minute, I'm not working harder than other people when I'm feeling a bit sorry for myself or if I'm feeling, let's say, disappointed in how this person, you know, what I see, you know, people are not capable of having compassion or, or caring about certain things. And it's like, well, oh, wait a minute. We have really different perspectives. We have different I don't know, soul evolution types. And that's not to actually make me feel egotistical. It's to make me feel sane you know we just have so many different types on this planet right right and just, th that's just the component of being here so and it's a hard, right now it's hard work right 92 yeah. percent of this planet are people who are below compassion frequency level 
92% is the, oh, yeah. wow. 8% are above. So that 8%, that's the ones that usually identify as star seeds or sensitive mm -hmm. people or intuitive or whatever. We naturally 100% that compassion and above as in mm -hmm. godhood or understanding or connecting and all that. But majority are the 92% are under. That does mm -hmm. not mean they're not capable of compassion. That just means they enter it and exit it. <laughs> they don't stay there. They don't live there. That's not their dominated, dominating filter. It's something mm -hmm. that they experience occasionally. Usually if they go to church or if they go to some spiritual practice or whatever, and then they fall right out of it. Mm -hmm. Or so, or maybe um, something happens with their family. You know, when people shift their opinion about like, just the example that's coming up, oh, gay is wrong, but then their child ends up being gay and then they go, oh, actually, I think gay is okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like someone close to them triggers a compassionate expansion. That's another, yeah, that's sometimes that's how possible. People grow. But I'm also talking about the actual evolutionary level of a specific yeah. soul. So you right. can, like the way I teach it in my transcension gate is that um, you can connect it to like school system. So it's easier. Um, majority of people on a planet earth are in middle school. Mm. That's wow. tribal warfare. That's yeah, like that one tribe against that another tribes. tribe and they kind of clash, but they big fields in that way. That means they don't really have a clear self. Their self is tribal. And now for these messages. Hello, my friend. It's Trisha Carr. I'm here to invite you to my coaching and mentoring portal, Modern Mystic Life. This high value, easy access portal is like having a spiritual mentor right in your pocket. You'll receive all the inspiration right there in your text messenger, and you can also access it on your desktop. I will be delivering the tools and technology that are proven to evolve your abundant life inside and out. You will receive daily inspiration, education, and practices to help you evolve your life as a mystic and a human spiritual being. Plus, you will have access to my monthly workshops in which I teach and channel cutting edge spiritual content and also will give guidance, intuitive readings, and attunements right there in our group setting. I worked with Spirit to co-create and manifest the best way to support you and in the easiest fashion, and here it is. I'm very excited to co-create with you too. So welcome, my friend, to your modern mystic life. And now back to the show. Yeah. Then some people are the what we would call a high school, like lower high school. That's mm -hmm. like negative selfish. So that would be manipulative, maybe politicians or CEOs of companies that then manipulate those larger tribes. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then above that is the cause level. Those are the people who stand up for causes. They, they like in the positive, that will be like um, King Arthur, like that, the the higher concept of standing for something that's bigger than you. In a lower yeah. sense, it could be standing up for somebody's idea, but it's mm -hmm. still, that's the next level after selfish. And under the majority of the tribal kind of middle school, there would be like kitten garden. Those would be the people who just want to have families and have food and have sex and they don't care about anything else. Mm -hmm. So when you get to the, the majority of humans, it's where they have tribal fields, which means it could be a religious field, it could be a nationalistic field, it could be a political field, but their identity is linked to that. Right. That's kind of what determines right. where the soul level is. It's who are you. So when mm -hmm. somebody is in a tribal level, it's not I want, I am you know, desiring or I stand for. It's more like we 
want mm-hmm. we stand for but it's not a higher we <laughs> right right it's the lower we it's that well in my family we always do it this way or in this mm-hmm. religion we always hate on that and love on that and so mm-hmm. on so that's a limitation in conscious perception that the morphogenic field of the tribe kind of holds and then there's another tribe that has a completely different one and so on so majority of humans are in that level and then there are few that are in that next level up which is actually beginning of individuation but it's a lower high school. It's very uncomfortable, awkward, and quite often selfish. And that's when you get corporate CEOs and you get like politicians and people that kind of have a more self, but they're doing manipulation of larger masses to their own advantage, not to the benefit of the masses. And then the next level up, those are the ones who do a lot of things for the benefit of the masses from their perspective, which by the way, is not always high, but they try. Yeah. (laughs) And only after that, you get people that generally we would call spiritual. Mm -hmm. This is where you really get to like, okay, we all matter. It's, Mm -hmm. I don't care your um, religion, your status financially, your race, your nationality, none of that matters. Like, you know, if you're in trouble, I'll help you. Like it just goes at that kind of common sense that, hey, we're all human. Mm -hmm. That's a beginning spiritual level. Those people might be religious, they might not be, but at least they are at the place where they see God in everything. Mm -hmm. They might not know what God is, but they see that connectedness. And then after that, that's when we get like higher levels using the school system would be like master's degree or PhD level. That's when you're like researching what is god am i god oh i am like i'm the like that's where you get to that but that's really small percentage of human population wow i actually literally have a youtube video called what is god (laughs) (laughs) and it viralized for some reason it got over a hundred thousand views overnight but i i don't think they were i think (laughs) i think people thought that it was something that was more radical than a middle-aged lady like talking about metaphysics (laughs) Because they weren't very long views, but any at any rate, so, <laughs> so like the star seed, um, advanced level spiritual is that like eight percent you're saying, or is that even is that is that within that's an eight percent? Oh, okay. Yeah. So then star the causal... seed would be like college level, you know, master's degree and PhD. Got it. So okay. anything like college level and up, star seeds. There are some Earthlings. We call them forerunners. Those are mm-hmm. the ones that like avant-garde, the ahead of the human mm-hmm. race. They are mm-hmm. also at that level. They overlap with the starseed. Okay. But majority of Earthlings are middle school with some in high school. Yeah. But the, but there is um, potential. Like you said, they they have course. the op- Everybody option. gets to the PhD level. Every yes, single eventually. soul gets to mm-hmm. PhD level eventually. Right. It's the universal law. But right. for starseeds, I always remind people, like, this is not your planet. You're mm-hmm. visiting, you're here to serve, you're here to do something, but don't try to change the house you're in when you're a guest. The The house people have their own rules. So earthlings have slower developmental paths and kind of more steady earth connected, which is totally awesome and great. But mm, as a group consciousness, they are young. Mm-hmm. And being young doesn't mean that they're wrong or they messed up or there's something you know horrible going on. It's just they young and <laughs> they haven't grown yeah. up yet. And star seeds are ancient. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like putting an older person into, let's say, high school and then wondering, well, how come you're annoyed with all the teenagers? Or putting <laughs> even further down in the middle school, how come you can't seem to teach anything or they don't understand or don't even want to learn? They're not even interested in what you're saying. 
That's right. because they're different level of consciousness. So if you would want to educate or somehow influence people at those slightly lower levels of consciousness, you would have to learn how to translate what you bringing to the level where their interest is. Mm-hmm. And that is very different than, let's say, what maybe a starseed to starseed would have as a conversation. <laughs> right. So, you know, in, in the raw material and the law of one, uh, Ra refers to the starseeds who continue to come <laughs> reincarnate, the brothers and sisters of sorrow, or the wanderers, mm-hmm. the ones who are going to... Can, so what is your uh, what is your perspective on that? Like, uh, do a lot of starseeds, while we're ancient and, you know, foreign here, are, are a lot of starseeds continually reincarnating to try to up-level this? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, can you speak on that bit? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Let's just say when you come to this planet, you have to get a visa. <laughs> like, you have to show how you're going to contribute. Nobody's just mm-hmm. going to let you in if yeah. you're not one of the Earthling soul group. So that means every single starseed that is here incarnate is here for a reason. Like you have something you meant to deliver or you literally would not be allowed to be incarnate on Earth. So mm-hmm. having said that, literally the contract is for one lifetime. Mm-hmm. So when you come in, if you're able to be completely open, not create any karmic patterns or any hooks, and then you die, you can move on, or you can choose to make a contract for the next life. But the law of this simulation is that if you come in and you left something behind, as in karmic pattern or a hook or mm, some bitterness or like some issue, you can't leave because now it's like a rubber band holding you back. That's why star seeds keep reincarnating, not necessarily because they have to, but because if we get so wounded that we have such a difficulty then being pure and open, and we're kind of like stuck in defense or bitterness or projections or whatever. And a lot of star seeds are pretty wounded and it takes a lot to kind of heal that. That's why there are more lifetimes than one. Right. But when you don't have any leftovers, <laughs> then when you're done, you just leave. <sighs> Knock wood. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. What do you feel? How does Jesus and other avatars and masters like that fit into this? Is let's just say Jesus specifically? Um, same concept. It's a soul that comes in that has a specific issue, um, mm-hmm. but also specific mission. The issue usually it's happening during the lifetime by taking on something, mm-hmm. and then it depends how they handle it. Mm-hmm. If they able to handle it and be done, then they are move on. They they mm-hmm. done. If they not, then there are actually some of the ascended masters that kind of came back in later in different mm-hmm. forms. Um, the difference is really uh, the range and can you keep the range or not? So sort of like I'm one of those, I mean, I'm not calling myself ascended master or anything, but I'm one of the uh, examples of this odd configuration where I did not fall asleep. So imagine mm-hmm. if you have that with a higher range and take out the personal and then you mostly have the mission. So a lot of the beings that come from higher frequency down here and able to hold it without compression, and if their mission is meant to affect a large group of people, not everybody has that mission, then they move on. When they move on, they can shift all the way back to where they came from. So that's also a universal law that, like, let's say if you're a 5D being, fifth dimensional, you come into Earth, which is 3D, so you incarnate. When you're done, and you die, and let's say you want to go, you know, back out, you don't go into 3D on the other side, you actually go back to 5D, because that's 
your range to begin with. But for somebody who's, let's say, barely in a third dimensional consciousness, when they die, they just kind of get recycled back in here until they can progress further. And the progress only occurs when you have a body. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you're outside, you know everything, but you can't shift anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you have to come here to do something that then shifts you. So a lot of the ascended masters literally utilize that. I mean, from our perspective, they ascended masters, but really they right. utilize this as a trampoline. Somebody can come in with 5D, kind of like Jesus, and then Yeshua, he did his thing. Mm -hmm. And when he shifted, he shifted inside the body to 6D. Mm -hmm. That allowed him to then move on and he didn't die on a cross or anything. He didn't like shift and right. gone. He changed the body configuration and actually stayed till 72. But anyway, when he actually shifted completely out of 3D, he went into 6D. So he shifted the range a little bit and now he's at the 10D. So um, Sananda and many like Buddha and many other people of that sort, they use that as mm -hmm. a trampoline to shift consciousness. But that's usually a very special contract. That's not meant to be like, oh, everybody meant to be Jesus. Um, it's usually a lifetime where you take on a lot because the entire morphogenic field is going to be anchoring through you. That's mm -hmm. why any master like this usually suffered a lot. Yeah. That's because they're holding on the collective pain. And right. then if they're able to kind of like move through that and move it on to a higher perspective, that's when they then shift. And you know what? It's interesting because the the re Christian religion has it all has it kind of correct in language, but not in practice. That how he you know like what his example is or the path that he took was able to it has shifted things. But you know the practice is if you just say that you believe in him, then you have that as well. You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah, but that has absolutely nothing to do with Yeshua anymore. That's I not know, of course not. That sat together and decided that this would work better for our civilization to yeah. think this way. So yeah. if you know any history, like in 332 BC, when they shifted the Nasian, um, but they like burned all Nicaea. the other books and just picked, picked the specific pathway that was more beneficial for the empire. That's mm -hmm. like already right there political. So right. even right after, the, generally this is like, if we step away from Jesus to how it works in general, a master comes in, master brings in the frequency range and the message. Mm -hmm. People around the master, the close disciples or students or like the immediate circle, while mm -hmm. the master is alive, he or she, those are the ones that get the first immediate imprint, but they already filtering it through their own story. Right. So whoever is attracted to that master are kind of like the faucets of the main message that's already going to be a little bit distorted. Mm -hmm. After the master moves on, this group of people goes on into the world to teach it. And, you know, if you give it enough time, those will be actually completely different teachings because they all have a different angle on what they're doing. And then out of that grows religion, which most religions are actually meant to manipulate people and not support yeah. them. So kind right. of like consciousness ends at that point. So anytime somebody is looking at religion, if they really want to utilize it for consciousness, they need to clean up the religion and look for the essence, look for what's the message, what's the, the magic of it, because mm -hmm. whatever that is, it's the truth. But the problem is that, you know, religions, they written as rules 
So those rules are written by humans and those humans were not conscious and very much not interested most of the time in helping people become mm, self-aware and uh, self-authority, right? Instead, right. they kind of much more interested in like, how do I keep my empire from erupting at war or something like that? Or mm -hmm. how do I control the masses so they pay taxes and many other pieces? So it kind of by then is not really about the message. <laughs> right. It's definitely yeah. not about right personal spiritual sovereignty. No, it's about yeah, yeah. Paying tax, about taxes. <laughs> it's about politics. This is this has been such an amazing conversation. And you have and so you also the but a lot of the work you're doing. So you do teach a lot of this kind of material. Uh, do you I and then you are you working one on one with uh, with people? I know you do soul aligned business. Wealth energetics is what you teach. Speak about that kind of work that you're doing that you're actually helping spiritual entrepreneurs <laughs> to figure out how to <laughs> how to human a little bit, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I actually do kind of both. Um mm -hmm. I have a program that is for people who are not running their own businesses, but just want to become conscious. It's called Transcension Gate. That's where I'm um, doing my um, quantum evolution course right now. So that is about this kind of stuff we were so far talking about, like expanding your consciousness, understanding your inner authority, your true soul sovereignty and your path and so on. And then what I am more like actually involved in and what I see in clients is working with uh, women who have a gift and they are delivering that gift to the world. Like maybe they are amazing healers. Maybe they mm -hmm. um, using some energy modality. Maybe they mentoring somebody in empowerment and consciousness and like herbalists and acupuncturists and people who kind of like download messages and work with dragons and fairies and planet and wombs and all that magical stuff. And they're good at what they do with their clients have results, but they don't know how to actually turn it into business. So mm -hmm. it always kind of stays as almost like a hobby or a part-time thing or something that like if they're choosing to do it, it doesn't generate enough income. So the wealth energetics part is to help women like that who have a message, have a gift, have a mission to li literally do their soul work, but in a way where they are well resourced to do it. Well, they're getting mm -hmm. paid well for doing the very thing that they're already doing. So mm -hmm. that's where um, I teach my wealth energetics. It's a conscious future mastermind when we literally work on creating your conscious future. So we look at the quantum field. We look at the possibilities. We look at the specific place you wish you were. Mm -hmm. And then we look at what's the discrepancy between here and there, what needs to be adjusted in the business strategy, in the marketing, in the messaging, but also in internal stuff like self-confidence, like um, abundance mindset, like energetics of presence and owning your soul expertise. So all those things together. So the structural practical side and the multi-dimensional non-linear side. And that then allows my clients to go from like, let's say charging 200 bucks an hour for appointments to making 20,000 a month or going from charging $50 for some reading that they were doing when they really were doing so much more than the, like, <laughs> the thing that they were doing, and then yeah. selling a $6,000 program with ease and feeling like, oh my God, I'm actually like having space and I'm not stuck with constantly searching for clients. They just come to me because I'm the vortex of this wealth energy that comes mm -hmm. naturally, like naturally attracts. So wow. that's what I do. 
And is that uh, is that a group program, individuated program? How does what does the structure look like in those? It's a group program. It's a uh-huh. container that's sort of a hybrid. Within yeah. that group program, each person gets unique personal attention because I read their soul design and mm-hmm. I work with them to build their business on their unique soul design. So it's not a cookie cutter thing. It's uniquely, specially aligned to each person. And each person Mm -hmm. is different. And there's also a group container where everybody gets to kind of share and see. So when I teach one, another one can get like, oh my God, this is what I was missing and so on. So it's a combination of a personal one-on-one laser coaching and mentoring with energetics and the business advice and the group container for the overall energetic development because group energy is like incredibly magical in raising one's idea of what's normal (laughs) you know like people come in thinking like well it's normal to charge hundred dollars and i don't know maybe i can have a thousand dollar program and then they turn around they're like people charging eight thousand ten thousand fifteen thousand and selling and doing it in integrity and feeling like amazing and everything is great and they kind of go like oh i can do that too (laughs) yeah if they do that so group container is amazing for that Yes, the group work. I know a lot of times people feel shy or something like that, wanting, you know, if there's something that's a, a group situation, but in, it is so dynamic, you know, because you, it's like the coming together in that conscious container, you, it's almost like a virus. You know what I mean? Like everybody catches everybody else's. Exactly. Um, and it's exponential then when, you know what I mean? Like that, how, that's how energy works when. Well, when and women learn through osmosis almost more than linear. So maybe men, I mean, I mostly work with women. So maybe men require kind of like direct step-by-step kind of linear path. Women, you can just like be in the energy of somebody and then have some light bulb go off, go and make some magic happen. And like one thing just energetically influenced another and you didn't even supposedly do any specific thing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that's the magic of the group. Yeah. Uh, This reminds me one time I was taking a business course, marketing business course, and the first week or two, I don't remember, was mindset. And we had this great NLP, um, you know, facilitator and he was teaching, you know, and it was like abundance, 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 abundance. And I, I just caught it. Like my mindset shifted. And after like three days, halfway through just the first week, my calendar started filling up so much because I hadn't put like, you know, reasonable boundaries on my calendar because I had, wasn't <laughs> getting enough. <laughs> and I had to, wait, hold on, slow down. <laughs> and I hadn't done anything different. It just, my energy signaled all of it. And I had to like rearrange my schedule. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, it's amazing. That, mm-hmm. That's actually very much like in my view, a lot of it is you have to have clarity on what is your soul expertise like Mm -hmm. the true gift you're bringing, not whatever Mm -hmm. the blah, blah you've learned and studied and got Mm -hmm. certifications for letters after your name, but like, who are you really? And own that unapologetically, like, yeah, I'm totally awesome at that. Mm -hmm. Then you figure out who is this for, because it's Mm -hmm. not for everybody. So who are the specific humans or non-humans who are (laughs) meant to benefit by this magical thing you're bringing? And the third is how do you, talk to them about that thing in a way that compels them to go towards you. So you don't have to go chasing them, but instead you're being you, you create energy vortex by you being you. That's all wealth energetics here. And by doing that and fully owning your gift unapologetically, like, yep, that's who I am. I claiming it. I know, I know what I do. Like, 
I know that what I teach, even though there's business and marketing and all that, but it's like timeless wisdom, multidimensional, whatever. I can collapse timeline like into hours, into days when somebody would go into detour for years. So I own that within me. And that naturally comes off as a confidence. Like I know, and I'm an integrity too. Like if I can't help somebody, I will tell them. I'm not going to try to like manipulate them. So when somebody claims that and they know that like, okay, I only want to work with specific people that immediately cleans up all of the, what if I'm not good enough? What if they don't like it? Well, then they wrong people. So you want to talk to the people who would love what you do and want it. And then how do you talk about it? So soul expertise, who is this for and how to talk to them? And mm-hmm. energetics kind of wrapped around these three main things. And as long as you do that, and obviously there's business strategy and you know marketing, messaging, whatever, but like that's the main core piece, then you can turn anything. Like I had a client who worked with dragons and she's like, I don't know, you know, how do you, how do you charge for I that? Work with I'm like, well, <laughs> you need to figure out what the dragons are for. Because, yeah, nobody's going to pay you to just talk to a dragon. But what is this for? So when she figured it out, she started selling a $12,000 program and it works. People come and want to work with her. And I have so many examples of this really odd things. Like I had a client who was working with clearing up generational, ancestral kind of karmic weight and doing it in a shamanic way because she's kind of generational shaman herself and again you know charging before probably 50 bucks or 60 bucks something like that and it's like okay you have a lot of people and you're doing a lot of work you're busy but you're exhausted Mm -hmm. how well do you think you're actually changing this planet (laughs) not so much so we shifted it into working with fewer people charging much more i don't remember what it was i think it's seven thousand, and having less people but now really going deep and doing the work and through those clients doing the work with the planet which is kind of what her contract is so now she's getting paid in a sense to work with the planet by working with the clients who benefit greatly by having her in her life and all of it is because she claimed her expertise she figured out who is it for and she now can speak about it with the correct energetics that's amazing That's fantastic. And you also talk about masculine business strategy and feminine quantum energetics. You touched upon that a little bit. And so how do we, what is that about? Speak about all of that, if you will. Well, masculine is linear. Mm -hmm. So it has nothing to do with man or a woman. That's just like the terms we use. I actually use electric and magnetic. Electric as in how electricity runs in the wire. It's linear. It's masculine. Magnetic, Mm -hmm. it's feminine, it's kind of like the moonlight, it's everywhere all at once. Mm -hmm. So everybody has both polarities. Just because you're a woman doesn't mean you only have magnetic, just because you're a man, you only have electric. Everybody has both, nobody's 50-50, and some are more on one side, some on another, and a lot of times we get conditioned to think we're supposed to be a certain way, when Mm -hmm. actually it's not natural. You know, like for me, I actually have much more electric than magnetic, but it allows me to be the leader that I need to be for my work. If I was the other way, I wouldn't be able to do what I meant to do. And the same thing for every single person, whichever the polarity balance you have is uniquely situated for your contract, for your mission, for what you meant to do, learn and how you meant to affect the world through you. So in the work that I do, I connect both of those sides, but I literally have 
strengths on both sides. That's kind of mm -hmm. less usual. Usually people have strengths on one side and another one is more private. I happen to have both. So mm -hmm. I utilize structural business stuff. And since I work with women who are spiritual and most of them are starseeds or at least really out there forerunners, um, <laughs> They usually get terrified at the sign of a 20-step funnel or some crazy business strategy or sales, ah, you know, all that. <laughs> and I kind of like clean all of that up into like, what do you really need? Because you really mm -hmm. need like three things. And if you get to do three things right, you can have a business. You don't need 500 things that everybody tries to ram down your throat saying you have to have it. You really don't. When mm -hmm. I started making, God, I think I was at six figures. I had no website. I had no business card i had no flyer i had i had a phone <laughs> that's all i had and yeah. i had me with continents and talking so mm -hmm. you really don't need a lot of things that you think you need but you still need to have a strategy and most right. people who are spiritual kind of bad at strategy strategy implies linear step by step if you yeah. don't know like what comes after this and after that or how do you assemble the result you want is going to be a long path and difficult a lot of times. So that's part of the masculine side is the strategizing, the business, the marketing, the messaging, like the actual business part, which I happen to be good at. Um, and the other side, that's because I have the access being clairvoyant and having the multidimensional people in my head my entire life. <laughs> I always feel that link and I can see the essence of a person. I can see their possibilities, timelines that are more beneficial and so on. So we work with the quantum field. That's why my program is called the Conscious Future Method, because we literally work with how to create your future consciously, not just mm -hmm. like how you randomly end up somewhere or how to sit there and meditate and you know intend and do vision boards and hope for the best, but how do you actually apply strategy paired with this multidimensional quantum access that allows you to pull from the quantum field magical things when you know it, it literally looks like magic it's like i'm doing this one foot in front of the other in the strategy part like really minimal everything is good and then boom amazing this happens amazing that happens and the the big happenings we don't create by strategy strategy is the foundation and then the magical stuff kind of lands onto it because you gave it the path and that's mm. what I put together for my clients. I do that for business currently. I used to do it for other things like health and relationships and whatever. Now mm -hmm. I focus mostly on business for this spiritual type of people, not every kind of a business. Like I don't work with a car wash or a hair salon, but somebody who's literally doing something that they're gift inside their heart and their being and their essence. And they just want to figure out how to make that mission something that they can live off <laughs> yeah. and feel, you know, like that's what they do instead of having to have a job or something. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm just so blown away by this whole conversation, Eugenia. It's really amazing. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, I, I, you have, you know, you have those two programs, you have the different work that you're doing, you have your books. Uh, is there, what other ways or what else is there to share about how people can connect with your work, how they can work with you or, you know, what else do you have? Uh, any, any last things to say? Well, I'll give you four simple ways. One is Good. you can find me on the Facebook. 
That's uh-huh. just like, I look for Eugenia Ganova and you will see lots of activity on everything. Another one is I would like to give you guys a gift. If you are a spiritual type of a coach, healer, mentor, something, and you're maybe already generating income, seeing clients awesome, maybe you're just starting and you're like not even sure how to start and you're afraid of the typical business stuff. I have a free training that will really help you understand. And then you can see what you want to do next with the information in it. It's called how coaches and healers get to sustainable 10K per month doing their soul work. And they find high ticket clients who are excited and want to pay the money instead of you having to go and chase them. It's (laughs) actually like magic, but it's possible. And like, I know how to do that. And my clients do that. So that training is soulstrategywebinar.com. So if you go there, that's what you're going to see. Another thing, the number three thing, so this is two, number three is the program I have mentioned, which is Quantum Evolution Transcension Gate. That is an ongoing program. It's a year long. So right now we're kind of in the middle, but you can still come in and you get access to everything that has already happened. That if you are the person who's maybe not a business person, but you really resonate with everything I was saying as far as consciousness and the cycles and the star seeds and like all of that is in that uh, program. This is definitely check it out. That's in transcensiongate.com. So if you go there, that's my main website. You can find quantum evolution course in there. And um, that's, that's pretty much it. That's the main access to me that allows you to have one way or another benefit by some of my teachings. I do a lot of free stuff. So if you're on my website, there's like a library of probably hundreds of different posts and educational things. Um, And the last thing was the book. Um, If you are interested in personal development, I have a book called Mission Alpha, The Wise and and Passionate You. Mission Alpha is literally like your mission alpha, like your main way of living your life. So that's a book that kind of like a manual. So that's like 10 years of my teaching that was a curriculum of my school that now is put together in the book because I don't have that uh, program anymore, but you can have access to it by reading the book. And it literally, I always joke, it's like, if you're not psychic by the end of the book, you'll be psychic because you like <laughs> literally understand like, oh my God, I get how the whole thing works. Like I get it now. <laughs> so that you can get on Amazon. Again, just search my name and you'll see Mission Alpha. Well, we'll have all of the links in the description uh, of the podcast. So and, thank you very much. Well, I, I feel like also that if someone is listening and they're like, well, I don't have a spiritual business, I don't have a heart-based coaching business or whatever, but I really kind of want to, they could start with Transcension Gate, right? And then that might start to shape things toward maybe yeah, in a year. And if then they, they know like, what their gift is, mm-hmm. like if they actually, maybe they're not getting paid clients yet, but they're practicing energy work, or maybe they like always talk to angels, like they have something that they know they have. They just haven't figured out how to make a business. Watch that webinar because I right. have different level programs. I have programs for totally beginners. I have programs God. for somebody who's already having a business. I have programs for people who are like at seven figures. So it depends on where you are. But if you are interested in figuring out how to make money doing your thing, then it's Soul Strategy Webinar. If you're interested in like business is not your thing, but you just really want to get consciously aware, then it's either Quantum Evolution or the book Mission Alpha. Got it. Amazing. I'm so excited. I want to, I'm like, I have to end (laughs) this conversation because I have to go look at your work. (laughs) (laughs) You're taking, you are taking time away from me engaging with you somehow. I'm kidding. (laughs) Really, I've had the most fun. And 
I just, do you do anything in person? Do you do any in-person events? I mean, obviously we, we've had the lockdown, but we're coming uh, out of it. Not really. I used to travel and do everything in person. Mm -hmm. And after a while, all that, you know, being all over the world and living in hotels and airplanes kind of got tiresome. So now yeah. when I do an event, it's either free or a paid event, it's online. That uh -huh. Because I have clients all over the world. I have right. clients like literally everywhere. So that way it's actually um, kind of an easier way to get everyone together in a way that does not inconvenience people. So mm -hmm. it's not in person, but it's almost in person. It's kind of like right. this. <laughs> Absolutely. Were you already doing remote work before the pandemic? Yes, already I was yeah, doing I know. Remote, remote work for a Me while. Too. Um, I think for seven years, six years, yeah, something like true. that. Yeah. And it was, it, I barely, I, I kind of had just started to see some people in person locally, but yeah, when the pandemic hit and everyone's like, what's a Zoom? And I was like, well, I've been using it for years. <laughs> it was like totally natural to me that why wouldn't you have exactly. clients all over the world? And even before Zoom, you know, there was the telephone. So, you know. Yeah. Anyway, and I used to work on a telephone before Zoom happened right. because mm -hmm. I've been in business for over 25 years. So there was mm -hmm. no Zoom back then. Um, yeah. It was just telephone. And that's the thing. Now I hear like, oh my God, how can somebody pay, you know, $1,000 or $5,000 for a phone call? And it's like, well, not one phone call. It's a serious, <laughs> but yeah, of course, because yeah. it's not about the mess, the delivery. It's about the energy connection. So absolutely. And I wonder though, and I think that that might be because, I don't know, we're already thinking in metaphysical <laughs> ways. So that's why it seems very natural. This is basically metaphysical connection because we're not physically proximate to one another. And it's just as genuine to us. It's just as authentic, I guess, right? Maybe that's Absolutely. Why. No, no, that's actually very true. And especially like for me, because nothing is ever linear because right. I'm bored this way. I remember being three years old, standing in the doorway of my apartment and my father was trying to talk to me and I was trying to explain to him about my friend standing next to me. But my friend was an energy guide mm -hmm. and my father couldn't get the concept because he could only see me in the doorway, but not my friend. And no matter how much I was trying to explain to him that being was really not visible to him and i think i was three three and a half when i finally like oh the things i can bump into are the things they see so if i can walk through it they cannot actually see which made me realize that like 90 percent of everything i'm seeing nobody else does that's amazing <laughs> so, yeah so with that way of thinking telephone or zoom or whatever like it's all non-linear anyway right yeah We're i not had really here imaginary friends too i had imaginary friends and when my my sisters would say to me, oh, where is, their names were Little Mama and Polish, where's Little Mama now? And I was like, she's over there. And they would go and like step on her and it'd make me cry. Even though I knew it wasn't hurting her, it hurt mm -hmm. my feelings that they were trying to hurt my feelings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and that so, a lot yeah. of times happens because people are terrified of something that they can't understand and especially can see. That's a biological mm -hmm. freak out that yeah. happens like, oh, there's yeah. something there that's watching me or maybe here, but can't see me. So then unfortunately the quite often the defense mechanism is to go and attack it first as yeah. the way to protect self but right. you know ideally as a child like you grow out of that but some <laughs> adults never grow out of that unfortunately and that's, that's a true. learning curve right and they just call it skepticism or something like that <laughs> right but skepticism is just really a limitation of choosing not to open up yeah. so kind of like to conclude all of this today i would say that if you can imagine it, it's real for you. Not only that it's real for you, it's possible for you. Not mm -hmm. only that it's possible for you, it's possible for you now. Right. And that's a really good thing to kind of get your mind to wrap around that 
if you imagine some relationship or career change or a health possible you know positive change or uh, a client if you're a business owner and you're looking to attract a specific type of a client if you can really imagine it not kind of hope and wish for it but really like make it a dream walk up into that movie imagine every detail what is the smell what does the person look like how does it feel that does not mean you're going to get exactly whatever you imagine but by the fact of you imagining you're shortcutting you now to you in a quantum field where that something exists Wow. I love that. If you, and absolutely, if you can imagine it, it is real. It is real for you and it is real for you now. That's beautiful. I've got to, I've got to stitch that on a pillow. <laughs> Remind <laughs> ourselves that. Well, it's also a cautionary tale too, because would you like to imagine that you are broke or mistreated or, you know? Well, would, and that's why so you many like people are like in this recycling of mm -hmm. the issue, right? Mm -hmm. Not because they can't seem to move on, but because if they constantly expecting the bad thing to happen, that's what They're creating happens. it. Yeah. So to my clients, I always say, like, if you cannot not go into what if this, whatever I'm afraid happens, then at least make sure you have the opposite. Okay, yeah. what if this bad thing happened? But what if this most amazing thing happens? And right. that way you neutralize the charge. So mm -hmm. ideally you don't have to negative at all, but if for whatever reason you get stuck and you just like can't help yourself, which is the first thought because habitually you conditioned yourself, then mm -hmm. stop yourself, take a breath and say, okay, I heard you. Now, what could be the most amazing thing that could happen too? And hold that with the same charge in your being. And mm -hmm. as long as you do that, you neutralize the charge. So now you're much more likely to attract something positive and amazing. And immediately your body responds more of healthfully, course. you know what I mean? Like the yeah. blood's not going to constrict, the breathing is going to, yeah, absolutely. So why not imagine mm -hmm. the positive thing? It's at least if, you know, worst case scenario, you're healthier. <laughs> 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 well, I, I just, I could keep you for hours, but I don't want to do that. Well, like, but then you can collapse timelines. So maybe we have been here for hours. Yeah, let's collapse the timeline. <laughs> But this has really been such an honor and a joy. And I just appreciate you so much for all the work you're doing on our beautiful planet and in our amazing galaxy and our wonderful universe and for sharing it here on the podcast. Thank you so much for being here, Eugenia. Oh, thank you so much, Trisha. This has been such a joy. <laughs> Well, there you have it, everyone, Eugenia Oganova, and she has given a few links that are included in the description here, some to that, like the Transcension Gate course that she teaches, and also to a free gift. She has webinars and she has other free gifts, and I those are very valuable, really great content. So if you were excited by what you heard here, do check out the links there. On and, and you know, just find find what she's doing because I find her to be really a a strong and powerful voice in our modern spiritual experience. And I want to also invite you to find me on Instagram. That uh, there's a link in the description, but you'll find the the me on uh, Instagram by searching my handle, which is at Trisha Carr Charm. That's also my website, trishacarcharm.com. And, uh, you know, I've mentioned my modern mystic life coaching. It's really inexpensive, $11.11 a month, $11.11 for fantastic content that I'm delivering to you regularly, support, fellowship. I would love to have you there. And also my YouTube channel. And you can find that by just searching my name, that it's youtube.com slash trishacarcharm. 
And finally, my newsletter. I took a break from my newsletter for about a month because, well, I had some life stuff going on. Mainly, I had a kitty, my Franzi, <laughs> who was injured, and it, I had to monitor him and his sleep seriously for over a month, like watching him, making sure he wasn't jumping and doing dumb things because he had a sprained ankle. And he still wants to be, you know, he thinks he's a kitten, even though he's 10 and a half years old. And an injury is not going to keep him from trying to do silly things like jump off of spaces that he can't jump off of. So I had to <laughs> sleep with my Franzi, which I don't normally do because he's too wiggly. And um, also like kind of wake up a lot to check on him. I'm sharing that with you because <laughs> some of you may actually relate because you have animals or children. At any rate, that actually, you know, kind of pushed into my day. And the thing that fell off the plate was I had to take a break from the newsletter, kept up with the podcast, kept up with uh, clients, kept up with the YouTube channel. And uh, but I am getting back into it. So essentially, my newsletter is like a blog post. And I actually do sometimes they're often posted as blogs on my website. And then you'll also get some of that, if not all of it in the newsletter and also just stay up to date on the different things that I'm offering and the ways that we can connect. Okay, everyone, that's what I have for you in this episode. I, I encourage you to go listen to it again and share it with other people because there was a lot to glean from it with Eugenia. And um, do stay tuned for the next episode. And thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. 